Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the practical mystic, Nicole Frolic. Nicole is an intuitive life coach, inner child healer, and encourages and works with people to reclaim their sacred self. Nicole and I have a illuminating, enlightening, lovely conversation around all things mystic, spiritual, cosmic, Aquarian, Atlantean. We get into it. We go deep into the depths of the sea as a surrogate siren, as she calls it going deep into a psychic descent to reclaim the gift of our souls. It's a really beautiful conversation. It's a lot of fun. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Whitney. Great to be here. It's wonderful to have you on the show. I really like a lot of the concepts that you bring up in your work. You call yourself the practical mystic. You're an intuitive life coach. You do a lot of inner child healing and working with people on the reclamation of one's sacred self. All beautiful concepts. Yeah, the healing journey. It's very rich. So could you share a bit about what the practical mystic means? What does that mean for you? Well, for me, the practical mystic is about marrying the very unseen mystical elements of this reality in this world and also our own very nature and marrying that with the actual 3D elements of our existence here. And sometimes there's a lot of weight given into this mystical side and it's beautiful and it's lovely, but something that sometimes gets lost is how to integrate it into practicality, into your actual life. And one of the things that I enjoy and love doing so much is taking the intangible and making it tangible, uh, taking something that seems very ethereal and distilling it down into something rooted in this reality. And so that is where a lot of my work comes in and where I feel like some of my gifts lie. Could you give an example of that? Like what, what do you, or maybe have you done this for yourself? Is there something that you've done for yourself where you kind of took it from the ethereal realms and made it something that you actually incorporated into yourself, into your being, into your experience? Yeah, I use a lot of my meditative journeys, um, even plant medicine journeys, uh, the healing journey, and I use vision a lot. And so I take this concept of of envisioning things and using them in a way to weave certain concepts that are held in higher dimensions and weave them into this particular reality. So for instance, Uh, One of the things that I've done is I've been able to kind of go into my own vault of programs and uninstall programs that were holding me back, limiting me in this reality and install new ones that actually work to my, my highest good. And that has already started to take shape. So where I actually see my current physical reality response. So I work a lot through meditation and that's one of the things I'm really known for within my community is creating these very in-depth, profoundly uh, moving and transformative journeys that, that something happens to you in those unseen realms that then starts to manifest into your current reality. 
And what were these programs that you had to go in there and change? What were these things that you, that were holding you back? Because we're all aware that we have certain stories that we tell ourselves, certain beliefs that really berate us and seem to almost attack us on a daily basis. I think especially women, you know, there's so much pressure of who we think we should be and what we think we should do and regret and guilt that we carry with us. What was that for you? And when you say that you introduced new programs, what, what were those? So one of the programs that I recognized was really limiting for me was this idea of, you know, the struggling entrepreneur. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur a lot throughout my life. It's I've really enjoyed working for myself. One of my programs that I've needed to heal and move through is this idea that I've got to do it all alone. I was raised to be very independent and I was raised really quickly in my childhood. I learned that if I wanted to have something done, I had to do it for myself. Someone wasn't going to help me or do it with me. Uh, I was a firstborn and I had to take care of my brothers and my younger sisters. So um, just the way my parents raised me was very much just take care of you, be very independent, which is great. It's it's a beautiful um, like skill that I'm so glad they instilled in me. But on the darker side of it, on the shadow element side of it, I operated my whole life from this place of I, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it alone. No one's going to be there to help me. So I don't allow help in. I don't see how working with others could actually take take me further. And it's not that there isn't this part of me that can't see the power in working with other people. I absolutely can. But up until recently, a lot of the work that I had done with others, I found that everyone was always leaning on me in the end. Everyone was looking to me to make all the final decisions. Everyone was looking at me to solve all the problems. And that's what I've done my whole life. And so finding people that actually I could lean on and create a team with, work with harmoniously that would support me as much as I'm supporting them uh, has been, you know, difficult. But in a recent journey of mine, I un uninstalled that struggling entrepreneur program. And I installed one of like the a woman, a CEO sitting at a table in a, a boardroom and having people working with me and coming up with ideas and, and supporting the business to grow to its highest level. And since then, and that was only a few months ago, since then, I've recently been able to elevate and throw uh, my first retreat uh, where I took people on journeys and I had brought in help. And it was the most incredible business partnership. And it was a huge realization for me that was the beginning of other things that I already have, even just next week in, in um, the works of working with other people that actually know how to support me and actually help me become stronger. And I can lean into them because I trust them because I know they've got my back. And I'm starting to see how I don't have to be that struggling entrepreneur anymore. I can be in a very successful, healthy business that's growing with others. And what a powerful realization to have and how beneficial it is for so many of us, if we could do that, because you're not alone. You know, I think that there's so, so many, again, women, especially that really have this sort of push forward on our own, be totally self-sufficient, don't rely on anyone, get it all done, do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's, there's a time and place for that, right? Like, I'm sure you were there at the beginning of your journey, perhaps where it's like, okay, I need to get the, the, groundwork going. I need to get the energy, the momentum, but after a certain point, as you found Nicole, we can't do it all on our own. And we are, we limit ourselves when we try to Back on my life's journey. And I look at back at the different events that have unfolded there because I held this belief that I could only do it alone and that people needed me more than I needed them. Um, or at least to believe that I needed other people because I always seem to be let down and that whole belief structure, that program kept renewing itself through these events that would prove that belief right over and over and over. I remember back in 2014, when I was working with um, a, a business partner, we were getting ready to launch a business and we uh, were looking for investors. And really what happened is it, everything kept falling on me and, and I had to I realized really quickly that I couldn't depend on this business partner because not only was she not reliable in a lot of the 
heavier lifting that needed to be done for the business. But she also <laughs> seemed to want to jump from one idea to the next idea. And it kept sabotaging the progress of the business. And I realized really quickly, I can't do this with her. And so it took a while for me to to realize that because there was so much of me that didn't want to believe it. But ultimately, these little scenarios kept playing out. And it's because when we hold this belief, the belief is the, one of the most important parts of our entire reality, because the belief will hold a frequency. And that belief frequency will seek out like almost like a heat seeking missile out into your reality and look for other frequencies that will be a signature match to then bring in that reality and prove that belief correct. And so I kept attracting people in situations to me that would keep reinstating. Yes, you are the struggling entrepreneur. Yes, you're just gonna have to work harder. This isn't maybe the right time. And really all it was, was I had to remove that program. I had to get really honest. Like that one just doesn't work for me anymore. I don't want that program. Right. And again, I think a lot of us reach this point where we are so done. And I think especially as we get into, I would say our thirties, our forties, maybe some earlier than that, but we start to kind of figure it out, right? We're like, wait a minute. I have been telling myself this. I've been holding this belief. Is it even true? Is it, was it ever true? Is it true anymore? How is it serving me? And once we realize yes. that it's not serving us, but it almost becomes like, you know, this sort of monkey on our back where we're like, okay, great. I don't want it, but how do I get rid of it? I'm so used to it. I'm so accustomed to it. Beliefs can really feel like they're almost in, in, ingrained in us, really built in there, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's interesting because the work of the mystic, it's so interesting we're even having this conversation right now because this weekend I'm holding an event to awaken the mystic within those who are ready to have that awakening within them and using this Taurus full moon eclipse to use those energies to do that because it's opposing Scorpio, which is the sign of the mystic and Taurus is the sign of practicality. And so it's this beautiful blend of practice, practical uh, work and the mystical work. And the, the mystic has always been known to be a seeker of truth. And many mystics will go into the desert in ancient civilizations and over the times of our ages, the mystics would always go into the desert to eliminate the illusions of their own mirage, the beliefs that they hold within them that are not true, that are false, and dissolve those within the desert so that the truth can then be mirrored back to them through the vastness and the barrenness and the harshness of the reality of the desert. And this is where a lot of visions were. This is why so many people go into the desert to have their visions, because the vision of truth is ultimately what the mystic is all about. Absolutely. And that's such a powerful experience to be open enough, be open enough to recognize that perhaps what we've held is not absolute truth. And perhaps we exactly. can free ourselves from a non-truth that is really holding us back. And I don't know about you, Nicole, but I, the reason why I do this work, I have this podcast is I have this feeling from my soul. And I believe that's why I'm here today on earth incarnate that we are at a true turning point where humanity is ready to collectively let go of these falsehoods that we've carried for thousands of years that have kept us from being and reaching our true potential, right? Or as you would say, our sacred self. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is actually, I, I received a download a week or two ago about this because you look at our times right now, we absolutely are at a turning point in humanity. And I believe that many souls are standing in line and fighting to get to the front to come in at this moment because there's a lot of big work that's being done to shift the levels of consciousness here on the planet. But when we think about the ancient civilizations, even going to the lost city of Atlantis and, and those times, they worked with incredible technologies well beyond what we even have today. And as we know, we've seen, especially with Pluto um, entering into Aquarius, I do believe that over the next um, 20 years or so that Pluto will be in Aquarius. 
serious is that, and we've already seen it with the emergence of AI, is that we're going to start seeing technologies come to the forefront that are only going to continuously speed up where we are as a human race. And I know that so many people are kind of at odds. There's a polarity um, around AI. But I would say that through one of the downloads that I received recently is that one of the reasons why there is a narrative out there of the negativity of AI really infiltrating um, people's minds. And I and I don't deny that there isn't a negativity. There's a negative and a positive polarity to everything. Everything. There always is. And it's always up to the user's intention to uh, facilitate how that product will be used. But I received this download that the reason why there is such a negative polarity being pushed is because when you start to embrace the technology that is emerging and, and use it for good, use it and infiltrate and, and really kind of uh, infuse your uh, your own coding into the Atlantean soul self. Many people have on this planet have been here during those ancient civilization times, and because they worked with technology, that they'll be able to through the use of their own technology, awaken more aspects of that higher levels of consciousness and pull through the sands of time, this awakening of their own soul. And it's interesting that technology could be a catalyst. Specifically, I want to say AI, because I do believe that there's incredible growth that can happen. I've been using AI and playing around with it um, through different uh, sources. And I'm finding that it's helping me learn and think. It's opening up new neural pathways and allowing me to think in new ways. And it's expanding uh, my own ability to create uh, and co-create with it. And I think that this is something that people need to perhaps, if you are having difficulty with this emergence of AI and technology in our world, remember that we had technology far greater than this thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, and the use of it could help awaken your soul. And of course, the more that those of us with these higher levels of consciousness interact with it, the more we can help the emergence of it in higher ways. I don't know, Whitney, like, have you, are you, how, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I, I'm kind of, as you described, it's, you know, there are benefits and detriments to everything that's introduced into the world. Yes. And, um, I agree that we've in past civilizations, we've had far, far more advanced technology. However, as we know, that did end up being the downfall of Atlantis was that there their capability for creation, for innovation exceeded their wisdom, right? They misused their creations. Yes. the And, and that's the, you have different powers coming into play. And it's really, truly this, um, it's truly a power, a struggle with power and use, abuse of power. And which is interesting because Pluto is the planet of power, right? Pluto really is about us um, remembering our own power, but also seeking out those who are abusing it. And so I find it really interesting that that Pluto in Aquarius, the sign of technology and advancement and future vision, is being infused with this Plutonian energy that we're, we're we as a society and and this is a choice and this is where you know since the beginning of times we've always had a choice and from the mistakes of Atlantis right and and I would agree with that uh yet it is it is a bit concerning right Nicole because the level of morality and consciousness on our planet is skewed I would say a bit in the direction of uh I would say disconnect right so when we speak of really stepping into our sacred self it's to me that is being aligned with our highest source self right recognizing that we are a part of source that we are a part mm -hmm. of something great and infinite and eternal and pure love yet we have an experience on this planet where we have forgotten. We were born into this world and we forget and we're here to relearn, remember, and through that, our soul grows and expands its understanding of the infinite knowledge that is where it's capable of. Yet there's so many people that are so tied to the disconnect, which another word for that would be ego, right? Is when ego is not, again, like we said, there's, there's benefits in 
you know, negations to everything. The ego is not inherently bad. However, when you're fully an ego and all you're thinking about is how you can profit and benefit from something, you go into that darker space. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the concern is that a lot of people who are really at the forefront, a lot of the advancements of techno of AI and technology, I would say are not as attuned to how can this help humanity as a whole? They're thinking, how can this help me to get riches, get wealth, get power? So the, the problem with the problem with that position is that truly none of us know what's actually being said in any of these conversations. I happen to have friends who are in extremely high positions of um, financial wealth and power who are filling me in on the levels of high level consciousness that is being discussed within these boardrooms. And things are shifting, things are changing. The truth of the matter is, is, is that we cannot control other people and nor should we ever try to because the what we need to focus on is our own internal power and our own visions and that creation. The more we focus on the problem, the more we create that that feeds the problem. The solution to the problem never comes from the level of consciousness that created it. And so it is up to us to rise above those levels of consciousness and not focus on what we think is happening around us based off of the stories and the narratives that we're hearing around us, but to focus on what it is we want to create. And that I find is one of the downfalls of the spiritual communities right now is that there is a lot of there's a lot of talk about events and this needing to happen and that needing to happen and at the end of the day the only person who's in control of your reality is you and that focus always needs to come back to self the more we focus on the outer world the less we're actually able to affect it with change have with the outer world are only simply a reflection of the fears we have within our own powers and needs. And so at the end of the day, we could sit here and worry about how it's going to be used, or we could spend our time on creating all the beautiful ways that we could use it and create more solutions. And that's kind of the position that I take from it. And I totally understand, um, you know, if people are scared of it, and, and they're within their right to be, you know, the, of course, there's always going to be you know, a polarity here. We're in a we're in a world of duality, uh, but to consistently be worried about it only really feeds the problem. And so, it takes a lot of strength within the inner workings of your own soul to rise above that and focus on that which will nurture your own growth and bring you to the true vision of what it is you wish for your reality to be, and the world that you wish to create. And the world that you wish to create doesn't have to be spent tearing the old world down. You can just simply step out of the system. And I think that's a, a pathway that many don't realize is available to them. Uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. And and I'm not saying that I, I hear what you're saying. And I think it, it pertains to a lot of various areas where, because I know that when I had some of my first stages of spiritual awakening, I did spend time saying, Oh, my God, I can't believe what's going on on this planet. It's so horrible. It's you know, there's so much evil and all of this. And then I quickly realized because I got sucked into it, right? There's so many rabbit holes, and yeah. rabbit holes around that. And <laughs> I thought, you know, it's, it's almost like an addiction. Like it's exciting, almost like watching a scary movie where you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> right? But then I realized I was like, if I like me giving attention to this doesn't make it go away. And it actually just really makes it brings it to life. Actually, when you, when I give it that attention. So just as you said, I realized pretty quickly on my journey that I can either keep being afraid of this, or I can just move towards what I believe I'd like to see in the world and just let go of whatever, whatever might be happening on this planet that I don't align with, then just don't give attention to it. Don't give your energy to it. Right. That's what I've realized yeah. is just as you said, I'm such a big proponent of that is it's not about tearing down what is, it's not about burning the system and the structures that are to the ground. It's about walking away and creating something new. That's so wonderful that we just tend to gravitate towards it and it, and you don't have to force it. Right. I just, I'm a big believer that anything that's forced will eventually collapse. It won't last because it nothing that's eternal is forced. It's all yes. just by natural. And I think 
we are naturally inevitably moving towards a new way of living. So to your point, I completely agree. I'm not afraid of AI. I'm in no way, you can't stop it also, right? Like whatever is happening, it's, it has to run its course. You cannot mm-hmm. stop and try to cut, pull the plug on AI. That's not happening. It's an innovative expression into our universal experience that we can't halt. But as you said, the more of us that want to focus on using it for good, the less energy is given to that, which might be trying to use it for other reasons. Exactly. And you, and that was really beautiful. What you said there is, is this idea that, you know, anything that is forced will not last because it's not built on the sovereignty of an individual and that that sovereignty of an individual is universal law, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, this is going to ultimately be a choice. And that's really the beauty of this free will universe is that you always have the choice. And believe me, I went down those rabbit holes and slipped and slid (laughs) all the way down into the very depths of them. It is an absolute addiction. I've been there several times. I've gotten myself out and then I've slid back down. I've gotten myself out and I slide back down again. It can really consume you. But that's the journey. There's nothing wrong with it. If you, if if anyone in your audience is listening to this and you found yourself there, you find yourself there right now. There's no shame in that. It's part of the journey. You have to go into the opposite polarities to truly understand the depths of each one and how the contrast is there. Like what does the what does the teacher of contrast offer all of us? And you can't know that contrast without going to the very ends of each side. And so without going into the depths of darkness, you'll never know the brightness of the light. And I think that, you know, it's just part of the journey, but eventually you start to make these realizations as, you know, you have Whitney and I have that there's, there's more to this. There's a force is one of your most important uh, aspects of your human existence. And there are many systems in control that know that you know, that is so powerful and will utilize it and they will play on your emotions because your emotions are your battery pack of being a human. And so it's up to you to really choose where you want to the another narrative or and, and maybe many problems, or is it in the solutions and the creation of something beautiful? Exactly. Exactly. And I think as you said, that as we move along our journey, we we come more and more to realize that, to recognize that this is my choice about what I choose to focus on, what I choose to look at and what I choose to move towards. Yes. And another thing, Nicole, as you were speaking, that kind of came up was, you know, you spoke of being a sovereign being and, you know, kind of moving away from these dark rabbit holes. And I feel as we're talking about earlier about kind of reprogramming, right? These, these deep messages that we have and also in the name of of speaking about like having to force things. I do find it interesting how many of us have these deep challenges with self-worth, self-acceptance and self-love. Because to me, where we find ourselves in this place of so many of us self-destructing, self-rejecting, self-sabotaging, self-criticism, self-judgment, those are forced. At our natural state, we are completely loving and accepting of ourselves. So I guess I bring that up because it also gives me hope in the idea that we don't have to be afraid of what we're experiencing now in terms of it never going away. If we naturally gravitate towards what is true and towards the truth, it's almost like we sort of shed that those energies that keep us in this place of a war with ourselves, fighting with ourselves. Do you understand? Yeah. It's just all about pulling back the layers and and washing off the mud that's dirtying up the truth of who you are. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because the the truth of who we are is this pristine, gorgeous perfection piece of the the infinite. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and this is, you know, you're right. There is this, it feels forced because it is because there's a resistance to your eternal truth. And so you keep fighting something, even though the very part of you knows it needs to surrender. (laughs) It needs to let go. But this world teaches you that surrender and letting go is weak. And so very few of 
of us even want to participate included. It was one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn and I'm still um, learning uh, to how to master surrender. But ultimately, surrendering is one of the most beautiful and fastest ways to discovering truth, to uh, entering into states of happiness, uh, and also discovery of your purpose. It's, it's truly about just letting go of everything you've been taught to believe, everything you think the world's supposed to be, what you're supposed to be. And as soon as you let go, you create space for the truth to emerge. Yes. And how powerful is it when that, when that happens, because there's nothing like that feeling of, of truth. When you get a wave of it, of a wave of realization and acknowledgement of this is what I really am. And this is what's actually true. And I don't have to keep forcing this absurd belief and behaviors that are making me feel challenged, making me feel this struggle through life. Yeah, exactly. Nicole, you also talk about being a, a surrogate siren. What is what does that term mean? Like the soul going <laughs> through this deep psych, psychic descent. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the siren in the archetypal uh, sense uh, represents uh, a mysterious woman of the sea, right? Uh, who calls out to the sailors and uh, lures them into the water. And of course, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of dark <laughs> stories around that. But ultimately, though, we all have our own internal siren that whispers to us our true calling. But in order to meet the truth of that calling and to uh, unravel the scroll that will likely have the map to our destiny on it, we have to be willing to follow that call. The problem is, is that call takes you into the deepest parts of your own psyche, which when we think about water as an element, it represents our emotions. It represents our psyche. And so when we are being called, the thing that holds us back is that we're so scared of what we might find, or we're scared that we're going to get so lost in the depths of the unknown that we may never find our way back to conscious shores. And so I kind of act like a surrogate siren in helping people and, and guiding them through that deep psychic descent in discovery of this scroll, this map that they're going to uncover to their own destiny and their own purpose and help them um, uncover it through the traumas and the pains that we all have encountered in our past and working through them so that we get to uncover the buried treasure where the scroll lays and then guide them back up to the surface and integrating it back into this world. So um, sometimes the siren can act as just a lure into the depths, but I act as um, one that takes you down and also brings you back up. Mm, I love that. And that's work that you do with your clients? Yeah, yeah. It's um I have this program called the Forbidden Journey and uh it's a coaching program and I and you know I just held a retreat called the Forbidden Journey retreat um just last month and that is essentially what we did and so I use this program it kind of mimics plant medicine journeys um to kind of go into that way and and help you heal and so it's it's my newest um and latest creation and I and I and I love it it's so much fun because it really kind of creates a lot more depth to the journey for the individual while creating a lot of support in the discovery. Yes. How fantastic. And I just love the, the visual of, you know, just seeing yourself as this, this siren that can go down into these depths as like this beautiful essence that's just looking to reclaim itself and to find, you know, sort of that, that treasure that's meant for them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of like, again, I love I was I've been blessed with a very strong imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, My vision, especially through my third eye is extremely strong. And so whenever I'm creating these journeys or any of my meditations, uh, there's can tap into 
And I love to take people on that journey. I love to take them there. And so it's, it's fun to be a co-captain in that descent. I'm sure. I'm sure. What a great, what a great experience to be able to have and to bring people through. Nicole, another part of your work that I would love for you to share about is how to heal the father and the mother wound to begin to attract the partner that you really want. This is a big part of my work is speaking about relationships and barriers to healthy relationships. And one of those greatest barriers is that mother or father wound. Yes. Have the seven chakra systems. And when we think about the root and the sacral chakra, those are the first two. So the root chakra, represented by the color red, sits at the base of your pelvic floor. And that represents your father energy. The father energy is about protection, it's about security and safety and groundedness and trusting that you're, you know, there's going to be an energy there that shows up for you. And so when we have an unhealed father wound, uh, and again, I want to say that the father wound can, and often shows up with the male figure in your life, but it doesn't have to only be that one is more feminine and not be of the same sex. So I just want to say that because sometimes that can be a bit confusing for people. But overall, just from a general standpoint, the father wound usually kind of represents the father energy of your family. And if you have an unhealed father wound, what will happen is you may find yourself choosing security over your own personal desires. So in an attempt to secure what really feels familiar to you instead of what you really want. So you end up stifling your true desires and your passions. Uh, You may also suffer from silenced needs. So out of a fear of rejection, which often comes through the root chakra uh, wound, is this fear of rejection and abandonment. uh, And it can cloud your ability to articulate what it is that you actually need and what it is that you actually desire and causing your actual own voice to falter. So a lot of people who do fear being rejected by someone or being abandoned will often keep their own desires and um, their own needs uh, unknown. Uh, Another uh, thing that can happen from the father wound is uh, often people will seek unsafe relationships. And I, when I say unsafe relationships, I'm not specifically talking about physically unsafe, although it could be. What happens is the absence of safety in your childhood years often can steer you towards relationships that will echo that lack of security um, simply because it's familiar and the inner child um, rules our subconscious mind and the inner child will always choose And so once we understand that, um, we can shift. So for instance, um, my father wasn't around a lot because he had to work. He was the breadwinner of our family. And, you know, so he, he had to, it was just the circumstances. He loved me greatly. He loved all of us greatly, but I learned that there wasn't a lot of safety in our household. It was very chaotic, a lot of drama, a lot of upheaval. And so I naturally would be interested or attracted to the energy of a man who could reinforce that. And until I realized that, I, I, because I was like, why do I keep getting myself in these situations? I don't want to have these chaos. I don't want to have this drama. But ultimately, who's ruling my choices? My inner child, because I haven't healed her. And she's screaming for attention for me to, for me to pay attention to her. And so she'll act out and sabotage my current reality by making these choices that I don't even realize I'm making. And so that is um, at least the father wound. I don't know if you want to talk about that before we go to the mother wound. (laughs) No, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think that's a perfect overview of it. If you have more to elaborate on, but I think that that's really powerful because again, this, you know, the show is women wake and it's a predominantly female audience. And I, I think a lot of us who have not found the partner that we really believe in our hearts that we're meant for, that we would, we say that we want from our hearts and our minds, but then our emotional body is kind of governing us in a different way. As you said, we kind of seek out the familiar, which could almost be more unhealthy, could be more, you know, toxic, right? 
Yes. Yes. And, and that's kind of one of the things when it comes to healing, and this is something I like a father wound, because you need to feel safe before you can start going into the really deep work of your healing. If you don't have a true anchor of safety, if your anchor of safety is a distorted anchor of safety, it makes it very difficult for you to go into those really deeper wounds that are calling you to be healed. And so uh, really healing through the root chakra is fundamentally what needs to happen first into healing the mother wound, which is housed in the sacral chakra, which also is the home of the inner child. And so when you have, um, like, for instance, the mother, she, you know, she embodies just the mother energy embodies creativity and emotional expression, right? The sacral chakra is all about our feelings. That's why it's in our gut. You know, like we feel we have these gut instincts or these gut knowings, and it's a feeling that we can't like explain. And so when the mother energy is diminished or absent through your childhood experiences, it can really stifle your ability to acknowledge and invalidate emotions and leading you to feel really guilty for having certain needs and feelings that are your, you're actually feeling. And so um, what the mother wound can often look like is it can um, drive this desire to connect for at any cost with someone. And of course, as we go through life, that cost may diminish over time. But you know, you can think about like, how much do I sacrifice in order to connect with certain people in my life or, and it doesn't have to just simply be romantic, but there are certain things that we may sacrifice just to have that connection. Uh, oftentimes when it comes to romantic uh, partnership, we, when we have this unhealthy with someone who isn't exactly the right match, but the prospect of being alone is more uncomfortable for you. So that can sometimes be the case for people. Uh, what else can happen is you could end up staying in a relationship much longer than you know you should, even if you're no longer in love with the person. So this I'm totally guilty of. This was kind of one of my wounds um, where I found myself staying in relationships way longer than I wanted to. I actually wanted out, but I was so scared of hurting someone and the emotional distress that it would cause them that I sacrificed my own need to be out of the relationship and just stayed in it, even though I was no longer in love with my partner. That can happen. And that's because you feel guilty for your own needs. You are more concerned about someone else's feelings. And so that can definitely be a mother wound. And then another, another um, the way it can be expressed is through weakened boundaries. And so if you are someone who has poorly defined or non-existent boundaries in your relationships with people, that um, usually tends to lead to um codependency and codependency is definitely a wound of the mother um, energy being diminished or non-existent in your childhood. Right. Thank you for sharing all of that, Nicole. It's very illuminating to shed light and gain greater understanding of how this all works. Because as a therapist, I know that so many people just, all they know is that they keep going through the same cycles in relationships, having the same tendencies. And they say, why? Why do I do this? So all the information around mother, father wounds, inner child work, all this stuff helps us to really kind of put the pieces together and recognize what's going on here so that we can finally address these tendencies and shift them and change them to have the result that we actually want. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's important for people to understand that not every example is meant to resonate with you. There might just be one. Yes or an aspect of it that really kind of hits home, you know, and it's just, it's not because we're all individuals and we're all going to um, express our, express our trauma and our pain in different ways. But um, those ultimately are some of like the top three of each one that tend to express themselves in people, at least one, if not all. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And then another concept I'd like to discuss, Nicole, which I feel is sort of the, the next step after we've started doing some um, healing around the mother, father wound, doing inner child work is to recognize that it also takes trying different approaches. And one thing you talk about is what does it mean to date the unfamiliar? And to me, when I hear that, I think of not chasing after that temptation that mm -hmm. always tends to lead us towards the same dead end relationship where we sort of, as you spoke of, it's like, we 
you know, self-fulfilling prophecy. We meet somebody who ties into the beliefs we hold. Oh, they don't treat me very well. They don't see my worth. They don't see my value. Because if that's how we feel about ourselves, that's who we're going to feel most comfortable with connecting with is somebody who validates our held beliefs. So when we actually want to change and have a new experience, we have to choose someone that doesn't feel so familiar. Well, especially in, you know, when you're spiritually awakening and you think about soulmates and you think about, you know, twin flames and all the different talk out there and you think, oh yeah, I just, I want someone I've always known and such a good thing. And you have to recognize that just because your body starts feeling a certain thing and it starts like feeling excited, a lot of times that excitement um, it, well, sometimes it can be a warning sign and we misinterpret it as excitement. Um, or it can just be that excitement of, Ooh, I know this, I know this, and I know how to navigate this and I know where to go with this. And so there's an instant comfortability within it. And so that can happen both with someone that maybe you could have a really healthy relationship with, but it can also happen with someone who you might not have a very healthy relationship with. And so one of the, if you're, if you're noticing that these patterns keep showing up in your life, it's time to break free and try a different approach. And one of those things that can happen is through dating. This is why I say date the unfamiliar. And I say this, if you find yourself having these continuous patterns where you're just like, oh, I keep hitting the same thing over and over and it's not what I want. So for me, I, and I'll just speak from my experience um, specifically is, you know, I would, I, I had a type, you know, we all have our type and, uh, and I would, and I also I'm of the sometimes of the nature and I'm a little stubborn. And so I'll be like, no, I know what I like and I know what I don't like, you know, and I'll instantly make judge judgments, like quick judgments on someone. Like if I'm on a date with a guy and uh, within like the first 30 minutes, if I'm not feeling it, I'm like, yeah, this isn't the connection, whatever. But I was proven wrong uh, several times when I started to push past that first initial instinctive, instinctual judgment, which is truly my inner child that was wounded is that my inner child had a type. And the type that my inner child had was a little bit different than what my conscious adult uh, mind was wanting for myself, the healthier version of myself wanted. Like, yes, of course, you want the attraction, you want there to be sparks. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also have to recognize that at some point when you start to get healthier and you start to heal, safety and security become something you desire, but you are so unfamiliar with it because you may have not had it growing up. And so when you start to date someone who maybe offers more of a secure energetic imprint, okay, starts to feel they bring in a sense of calmness and security. At first, you, your inner child's going to tell you it's boring. And that could be very misleading at times. Sometimes it's right, but a lot of times it's a quick misjudgment. And I found that when I allowed myself to be a little more open and give more time for a connection to build, because this is another thing that we face in our world, we are in a world of instinct gratification. If it's not fast, I don't want it. And we're not actually learning how to build connections. We're expecting the connection to just exist and show up. And then we just get to sit in it. And that's actually not how healthy relationships last. And so learning to build the connection from the beginning can actually give it the foundation. And so you know, I remember I went on a date with this guy and I thought, well, he was a very, he was a good looking guy, like, you know, but he wasn't my usual type. And, um, you know, sitting down, even like his mannerisms, and we had a great conversation, but it wasn't exciting to me, you know, it wasn't like sparks flying. Um, but, you know, at the end, he said he'd love to see me again. And I thought, you know, that was a really good conversation. I- I'd be willing to see him again, even though I'm pretty sure it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> And of course, you know, we have our second date and the conversation again is fantastic, but 
now there's a building of trust happening and safety and security. And he's opening up more and I'm opening up more. We're both starting to let our guards down a little bit. And I actually find myself becoming more attracted to him. And I can tell he's becoming more attracted to me. And then by the third date, it's like even better than the second date. And it just kept going in. It just each one kept getting better and better and better. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I almost said no to this. I would have really missed out on this incredible dating experience. And it taught me that I may think I know what's good for me. That part of us is probably going to be existent to some degree for most of our life. Now, the aim is that that part of us really doesn't have too much power. I mean, we're all going to be vulnerable at times, but it's really to learn how to build that part of us that knows how to make sound decisions and be open to things that are less familiar because we might actually be surprised. Such a beautiful reminder. Thank you so much for sharing that, Nicole. That's such a great story. And it's so true. We we do have this, you know, this initial sort of checklist that we say, mm, I don't know, this isn't so enticing. I don't feel that attracted. I don't feel very interested. Yet we are really just, it's a very first surface level impression. We need to allow ourselves to, because I think what's really important is how we feel with that person. Right. And as you were describing, it sounds like the more you spent with that particular person, the more you kind of started noticing different levels of feeling for them, different connections that don't happen in the first date. Yeah. Half an hour. For your few no. Hours. And I will say, yeah. And, and I will say this because this has been um, commented on um, my, my reels about this often people confuse it with, well, because what does that mean? I'm not going to be attracted to my partner if, if, you know, they're unfamiliar. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like I recognized that this guy was a really good looking guy, great shape, physically excellent shape, but I just, he wasn't my usual type, you know, and we can look at someone who's attractive and be like, yeah, no, he's an attractive man, but he's just not my type. I, <laughs> I didn't have any of those sparks in the first. Oh, it wasn't like life changing. <laughs> it wasn't like I was like, oh, I've met my soulmate. But I'll tell you, the passion and the chemistry that came up between us was some of the best chemistry I've ever had in my life. So you just don't know. You think you know, but people can surprise you. Does that mean it's going to happen every time? No, because we're learning. We have to learn how to navigate this and it's brand new to us. So sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. And we're going to, we're going to figure out exactly what it is that we're looking for and needing. But I think, you know, you've got to stay open because you you really might just be surprised. Absolutely. And, and as you described, I've definitely been that person who is like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to be like, not that into the person that I end up being with. And <laughs> that's not the case. Everyone I've talked to, just as you said, it's not that, cause here's the thing. It's not that you don't, you get surprised, right? You're like, how you're like, suddenly I'm really drawn to them. Suddenly, wow. This person that I didn't think I felt a strong connection with, I just want to be with them and not like as close to them as possible. I just want to ravage them. You know, it's, you get pleasantly surprised is what I've heard from people. I've had a lot of people tell me the man they eventually married when they first met them, they were not attracted to them. And when I asked like, well, did you think right away that you would end up with them? They said, no, I didn't, I didn't even consider it. And it's not like they, you know, like a cat in water, they were dragged into it. They, it just shifted because I think you really, when you drop from your logical head into your body and your heart, you're more about how you feel with that person, what you feel with them what's going on for you at a more energetic soul level. And then of course, when that feels good, you're going to welcome that in, in the best kind of way. Yeah. And again, if you're someone who um, isn't familiar with safety and security and calmness, initially the unhealed part of you thinks it's, it's going to be boring without it. Yes. You know, whether you, whether you realize that or not, but truthfully, when you start to become more healed, safety and security becomes one of your non-negotiables and safety and security doesn't equate necessarily to boring. Uh, you can still have all that passion and excitement, but it comes with 
security and safety. And like that to me is like the ultimate, right? And so it's about fighting against and reprogramming ourselves in a way that actually supports our highest desires and needs in a way that actually brings us joy and happiness. You don't have to settle to be in a healthy relationship. And I think that's a false belief that uh, seems to be pervading a lot of different um, thought thoughts patterns on that. Dude. Ultimately, it you get to choose. Yes, you do. You do. And some people will remain in something that isn't necessarily quote unquote healthy, but it's, you know, it's what they want and that's fine. You know, it's everybody's own path, own journey. But just as you said, I think the more that we come to really honor and love ourselves, we don't want to hurt ourselves anymore. Mm -hmm. And something that, as you said, when you're, when you reach that point, you would never enter into a situation that doesn't feel safe and secure. And it also ties in a lot to inner child work, right? Cause you're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking about your inner child, quote unquote, your energetic body, right? Your emotional body. You're thinking about how I feel in their present is indicating how my being feels is with them. And we wouldn't want something anymore. Like we might've had before. I know I've had so many relationships that were so based on the intensity, right? Where the person was maybe indifferent and a little bit abusive. And so when they were nice to me, I was like on cloud nine and I felt so it again, it goes back to the father wound, right? It was like, oh, this person who I don't feel good enough for sometimes makes me feel good enough. And it feels so damn good. And, but yeah, it's, it's you settle so, for the breadcrumbs. <laughs> exactly. And then you're just, you're living off of breadcrumbs. You're sustaining yourself on breadcrumbs. And again, the day comes when you say, I deserve a whole freaking meal and I don't want anything less. I don't care how good of a breadcrumb it is or what a high I get. I'm sick of the highs. I just want a state of peace. And it's, I use the analogy a lot that it's like an addict who finally hits rock bottom where they say, you know, maybe I had a lot of fun in my using and partying days, but I'm tired of the chaos. I'm tired of the up mm. and downs. I'm tired of the detriment that it causes. I just want a nice, peaceful life. And that's what I think we eventually say about relationships. We say, yeah, maybe it's not my typical pursuit. Maybe it's not as enticing yeah. and exciting, but I just want something that's good for my nervous system, for my soul, for my heart. And we find that that's ends up being better than any sort of, you know, a roller coaster ride. Well, and and also when you're with someone who you actually have that safety and security with, you then have an ability to create true intimacy. And intimacy allows you to go into the deeper layers of yourself and that person. And what we discover, and this is what actually prevents relationships from getting boring as they go on a time, is that when there is that safety and security, you can choose to go deeper with one another. And it doesn't stay the same because if you're both willing to go deeper, not just with into the other person, but into your own self, you continuously become a new person and your partner is continuously becoming a new person. And so it's like this continuously evolving relationship that shows new layers of excitement and discovery. And so it, to me, it's the true path of keeping the the spark alive, so to speak, to keep the flame alive. But it does require courage um, to go into those deeper parts. But having the foundation of safety and security is fundamental to, in order to do that. Yes. Yes. And I think that some people can't even imagine that. I know that I stayed in unhealthy connections because I I didn't realize it, but I had no idea how to open myself and show myself to another, not even the first layer. So how could I ever dream of doing it in those deep, you know, extensive layers, right? Where you're really connecting further and further with one, with one another, if you don't, because I think what it was based in for me, and I think for a lot of women was, I thought if they really saw me for who I was, they wouldn't be interested. So I felt I had to keep this sort of surface level connection that kept them around and like we said, that's like trying to force it, right? You're trying to force a certain presentation, a sort, certain image, and all you're going to do then is stay right on the surface. And it's going to be very basic and it's not going to be a rich experience, right? It might be fun. Mm -hmm. It might feel passionate and sexy, but it's not going to be rich and deep. And our again, our souls always yearn for that deeper connection because our souls yeah. know just how deep it can go. And once we're ready and we can, as you said, really allow ourselves to sink into those deeper, deeper layers with somebody. 
we wouldn't even imagine wanting to stay at that first superficial layer. Exactly. Exactly. And so it's so important to have these foundations first through your own healing so that you then can create it in partnership with others. Absolutely. And Nicole, that's why your work just sounds so amazing because you are helping people with that healing, but you're also speaking from, it really is this practical mystic. You have this mystical essence to your work, but you're also talking about real matters that almost anyone can understand, but you offer this unique twist to it that really is able to help people come into their own, as we've spoken of their truth, their true sacred self and have that beautiful experience of love for themselves and love with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You said that really well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nicole, this has been such a fun and fantastic conversation. I really love speaking with you and hearing about the work that you do and your take on all these issues that are my favorites. Thank you for being on the show. For those listening who would love to find out more about you, potentially work with you, how can they find you? They can go to my website, NicoleFrolic.com. And there's a lot of information there. I also uh, have tons of services and um, programs that you can uh, look into to see if anything resonates with you and lots of guided meditations. Uh, Or, you know, you can also find me on social media. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all under Nicole Frolic. And if anyone's interested, I am, I don't, I don't know when you're going to be airing this, but by the time you air this, I'll likely have announced um, my next retreat coming up in the spring. Ooh, awesome. Yes. This episode will come out in a few weeks. That'll put us in November. So yep. Spring will definitely be ahead of us and people can learn about that. Where is it going to be? It'll be here in Colorado, uh, in Breckenridge in the mountains. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, I'm sure it would be a rich, valuable experience. So I can't wait to hear about that and for you to post about that. Thank you again so much for being on the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me, Whitney. It's, it's been a pleasure and um, I really enjoyed our conversation. It was really rich. Me too. Me too. We'll have you back again. Okay, great. Take care. Bye. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.